Today on the rise to the top, we are talking back ends, and uh, no, let's get let's get your mind out of the gutter. They're not that kind of back end. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about what we're talking about here. So, uh, you know, I know that you're a mediapreneur, and that is why you tune into the show. And, and you know, mediapreneur is, as you guys know, is a term that I came up with in the shower a few years ago. You know, meaning people that create online media, experts, authors, thought leaders, personal brands, coaches, internet marketers, information marketers, all that kind of jazz. I know you fall into one of those or more of those categories, and you are here to grow your biz and dominate online. So you want to grow your biz like a weed, dominate online. So let's talk about the puzzle that we're going to discuss today on the show and help you guys out. All right? So... You know, here, here's one of the big issues that I see in mediapreneurship with all of our businesses is developing and tweaking that sort of perfect business model for you, you know, and, and, and you know, one that allows some freedom. I mean, let's just be honest because you can charge dollars for hours all day, right? And, that, and that's, I'm not necessarily knocking that 100% of the time, but if you want to create a business that makes money beyond you, you know, make money, you know, you hear the term all the time, make money while you sleep, or make money over time, you know, there there becomes many other models that you can look into, right, which would be information products, or, you know, membership sites, or group coaching, or events, things like that, lists go on, but have you ever thought about software, software as being a back-end part of your business model? Now, I'm not going to cue the Revenge of the Nerds music here because don't let that term scare you, software. Because I know it can be a little scary because you might be thinking, I don't know how to program software. It doesn't matter. You don't need to know how to program software, you know? So we're going to talk about that right now. This is, my friends, The Rise to the Top. I'm David Seidman Garland. This is the number one badass show for mediapreneurs. And today's guest is Dane Maxwell. And he's the master of coming up with software ideas and executing them, turning them into big revenue, okay? You, you don't need programming skills or anything like that. What you do need that we're going to talk about today on the show is, you know, the ability to come up with these ideas and then execute them. We're going to talk about that a lot. Really, really going to be awesome. And something to keep in mind here, you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with my business, okay? So two big things. I want to give two interesting examples. One is Michael Port. The other one is copy blogger. So a lot of you guys have heard of my, uh, of both these guys, but let's just talk, start with copy blogger, which is Brian Clark, uh, which is a mediapreneurship business. Their back end is 100% pretty much based on software. Like they sell software, they have media, and they have, they have a media and the element, and they have a software element, right? Michael Port, who's a best-selling author, Book Yourself Solid, has got a bunch of different coaching programs, a bunch of different books, things like that, really a mediapreneur, okay? He also has created these little software tools to help people schedule and help people do cool stuff because people have realized it's a great way to make reoccurring revenue, and you don't need to be some kind of tech genius to figure this out. So today, Dane Maxwell joins me to discuss this and see if it's a good option for you and some tips for getting started and some things to avoid. So if this is something up your alley, I know it got my brain spinning of thinking all these things I could do with software, um, enjoy this episode of The Rise to the Top. Now, a couple of quick messages before we get started. Um, thanks to our sponsors who keep The Rise to the Top absolutely free, so I appreciate you listening to that. Shout outs for them. So as a busy, badass entrepreneur, I want to talk about Carbonite. Um, you know you need to back up your computer fa uh, files, and it's a hassle. So Get Carbonite Online Backup. It backs up your computer files for you automatically and continually. Plus, you can access your backed up files from any computer on your smartphone, iPad with the free Carbonite app. 
unlimited backup space for one computer is just 59 bucks. That's it, an entire year. An entire year, 59 bucks. Uh, and if you run a mediapreneurship business, which I bet you do, Carbonite has plans that will back up all your computers, servers, external hard drives, low fat, uh, low fat, low flat annual fee. Start your trial today, the rise top.com slash Carbonite, no credit card re required at all. And uh, it really is a free trial, so that's pretty badass. And you can use the offer code RISE to get two bonus months free if you decide to buy the risetop.com slash Carbonite. And go to my PC. So we talk about this all the time with being a mediapreneur. What's awesome is you can work from anywhere, you know, home, hotels, coffee shops, Freedom Rocks, you know. But let's say you want to access those home files. Like I have an iMac at home, and I'm often away from the iMac. So pain in the ass? Not really anymore, thanks to go to my PC. You can access it anywhere thanks to go to my PC from Citrix Online. Download the app in the App Store. You can get it on your iPad, your iPhone. Head over to go to my PC, click the Try It Free button, enter the promo code RISE for 45 days free on me. And finally, if you want to create a show like the Rise to the Top, you want to learn the equipment, you want to learn all that kind of stuff, you can get started at createawesomeinterviews.com and get my free three-part video series to teach you how to create your own web-based show. And just letting you know, by the way, spoiler alert, huge announcement coming next week about something very, very big. I can't say anything more than that. Huge announcement coming next week. So without further ado, the announcements are done. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy the conversation with Dane. All right, well, welcome to the uh, food poisoning edition of the Rise Top because everyone loves food poisoning. Dane Maxwell, I heard you have food poisoning. That's the word on the street. This is true. And I, I guess I heard the word from you because you're like, I have food poisoning right before we started this. <laughs> yes, you will see me eating saltine crackers. <laughs> eating salt. All right, so you, so people are, if, you know, I feel like if I didn't say that, people are like, why is he sitting there eating crackers? Does he like crackers that much that he can't stop eating crackers for like a 40-minute interview? But be that as it may, uh, first of all, Welcome for, for, to, to the show, and I love this one sentence about you, is that you teach people how to create essentially the most lucrative business model type companies out of thin air. So, so what, is, what does that mean? If we were to zoom out to the principles of this, we um, I typically only get involved in businesses that have an automated sale, reoccurring revenue, no accounts receivable, and selling tools and shovels instead of digging for gold. So... The guy who made the most money in the gold rush was the guy selling shovels and Levi Strauss, the guy selling jeans. It was not the guys digging for gold. Um, selling tools is where all the money and freedom is at. Okay. So it just so happens that software as a service happens to fit that vehicle. Um, it's not that I'm particularly passionate about software. Um, it's just that software happens to be the vehicle to give uh, ultimate freedom and also leave one hell of a legacy to really improve people's lives with the product. It's also like the easiest stuff in the world to sell. Um, and it's not that difficult to, to make because I don't write any of the code myself. I outsource everything and I don't even pay for the development. Um, it's really kind of a too good to be true scenario. Right. So wait, let's see this one more time because um, the, the, the kind of the key things here is you said there was no accounts receivable. So you're, you're basically just meaning, meaning that people buy it and they're off to the races, right? Yep. Number yep. two, obviously there's no, I don't know if you said this one, but no, there's no like, in, like you're not sitting there like on a bunch of software in your garage. Um, uh, what, what, what were the, it was not like, like 1982. Um, what were the other few that you just mentioned there that was like some of the reasons that you really liked it? Automation. Automated sales. Okay. So that means you check your bank account on Friday and there's more money than there was on Monday. Well, what happened? Well, I must've made sales. But what's more important than that, automated sales on the internet are kind of like the norm now. Right. 
um, what, what's much more important is the reoccurring revenue of that automated sale because you know if you get a hundred people paying you a hundred bucks a month that's hundred twenty thousand dollars a year and all you gotta do is take care of three people a day right and it's just such a phenomenal business model for the for the lifestyle guy and also for the guy that wants to run the multi-million dollar company as well right and, and it's funny because I was uh, as you said before we start recording I was a little nervous about this because as you as you know we're doing a kind of new not, not a new direction depending on how you look at it but like more of a pivot on the show where we used to do case studies like you not obviously there's only one Dane Maxwell man of mystery but you know of people that found like they're this amazing business model and are passionate, you know, and they and they just go at it and they dominate, you know what I mean? And they're and they're off doing whatever they want. And you know, we've shifted to be more in the kind of mediapreneur zone of you know people that are doing podcast shows, etc. But one of the big things I think this is going to be an interesting cross section that just kind of popped into my brain is that a lot of people are looking for that monetization model of their show. You know, that might be a digital course like that I do, you know, that they do a course and they sell it over and over again. But, you know, you look at companies like Copyblogger, for example, you know, that's a software as service, isn't it? I mean, that they have a big media empire that they built on content and they have a radio show, all this kind of stuff online. But the real business is software. So yeah, I think that that's a, it definitely applies, you know? That's, it actually kind of produces excitement internally in me when you when you mention that. It took Copyblogger quite a few years to wise up and figure out that software is where it's at. And um, the same process of creating software is can definitely be applied for creating podcasts because you can actually – one of the processes we teach is uh, idea extraction. Okay. This is where you go into different markets and you idea extract. Uh, you find the pain in that market. And then once you found the pain, then you and, and you define it clearly. This painful problem that you found that you define clearly. Then you put experts in place to solve that pain. So we don't actually like we're we're in the media space, uh, where I think people get really hung up and handicapped is they feel like they have to be the producer of the content. Mm. And um, one of the things that I we firmly believe is we believe in not in being the experts, but we believe in being the expert at finding painful problems, defining them better than anyone else, and then putting experts in place to solve them. So if, you're, if you were to apply idea extraction and finding the pain to the media world, whoever your uh, outlet is, whether you're writing to a uh, copy blogger or you're writing to the, uh, I use this a lot, example a lot, but like the stay-at-home mom's market, if you were to do idea extraction with them and find the pain in their life um, and then co co uh, coordinate your content from the media standpoint around that pain, uh, you'll be off to the races. You'll, you'll knock it down way, way faster than if you just try to guess or write or do keyword research or like any of the... The best stuff that you ever get will come from your customer's mouth. Right. Now, I mean, and I think that's where I sort of noticed a pain point with our community um, was looking at the two major struggles that people had when it comes to doing shows, you know, two and a half struggles. Um, the, the, the first struggle, which is the half struggle, is just getting it started and getting it going. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's too much information. Like, what do I do? Like, what's my format? All that kind of stuff. So that's the half because that's there's two bigger issues in that. The bigger issues that I see are uh, monetizing, and what I mean by that, not only making money, but but looking at the business model that is the back end of your show. You know what I mean? Whatever it might be, whether it's uh, whether it's doing something like trading dollars for hours, not my favorite, obviously my least favorite, in fact, um, all the way probably to software when we talk about being lucrative. And the second thing, of course, is continuing to build an audience 
and a passionate, you know, fan base over time. And that, and th- those are the two really areas. And that's where I think this is so interesting because we've never really talked about on the show in four years about, you know, what it takes to maybe put some software together on the, uh, to be your back end type business, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be software, too. If you're looking for ways to monetize on top of your podcast, you just want to find a pain in your audience. You want to call up members. You, you want to get them on the phone. So however you email members to set up appointments, and then you set up an interview with them. If you're somewhat well-known in your podcast community, people are going to geek out about you calling them. Um, and then you just find the pain in their day-to-day life. So you watch the show. Why do you watch the show? What does it do for you? Um, what doesn't it do for you? What do you think is missing? And what are some of the painful areas that you have in your life or your day-to-day right now? What are some tasks that you dread doing? Um, and, and then you can kind of just build your back end around that. I think I listened to one of your interviews where you said you'd be flying on your jet if you had a back end earlier. Yeah, and, exactly. And I'm not talking about my ass. I'm talking, yeah. I mean, if I had a, if I had, exactly, if I, if I would have focused more early on, and I say this all the time, and it's not too late, obviously, but I'm saying, you know, on uh, kind of list building mixed with a stronger offering from me personally I'm not just talking about sponsors I'm talking about from myself personally like training from me or you know what software I don't know whatever it is something stronger earlier I would have you know 50 times the amount that we have right now at least um to quantify this I did some number crunches uh, Jonathan Budd is a good friend of mine mm-hmm. he launched a course called futuristic marketing and um, he launched that course and uh, he did 2.7 million in that one month. Yeah. Um, his entry level price was $500 and yep. then he had six, six different upsells on the back end. I calculated the number of people that went through that and he, he made 1.2 million on the front end offer and he was actually able to more than double his sales by adding that back end. So that's how you can kind of quantify a back end. If you guys don't have a back end right now, that's why you're still not financially free. Yeah. The back end is where all the financial freedom comes in. And that's kind of why software is it's built in back end because you have reoccurring revenue. Right. So let's talk about this a little bit. Like what first got you interested, I guess, in software? Because you mentioned before, you know, right at the beginning here, it's not like you were some kid that was like sitting around saying, oh my God, I love, so-, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, mu- I must make the software. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was it, it was more of a case, it sounds like from what you said, that you were like, holy crap, this just makes this is like the, the best opportunity I've seen to create sort of the business and lifestyle that I want. But how did you, how did you sort of discover that, if you will? Yeah, and I'm going to zoom out a little bit. On Jonathan Budd's futuristic marketing course, you mentioned something, uh, David, where you said that, you know, content taught by you. Um, and that, that's where the expert thing gets really confusing. It's like, who's the creator of the content? You don't actually need to be the creator of the content to make a killing. In fact, the people that create the content are typically not the guys making most of the money. It's usually the publishers that make most of the money. Um, in Jonathan Budd's case on futuristic marketing, he has got eight sections on how to generate traffic and eight sections on how to generate influence. He's teaching, he teaches one module out of eight, and then he has other experts brought in to teach that content for him. So he's identified this problem. He's identified this pain that people have trouble generating leads online and then and, and, and converting those leads into sales. And now he's and found that pain and he's, and he's put these experts in place to solve it. So it's actually one of the most liberating feelings on the planet to realize that you don't have to be the bottleneck for content creation. You can go out anywhere in any market that you want, find the pain, define it clearly, and put an expert in place. So with that in mind, the question you asked was, how did I get involved in software? Um, I was sitting at my uncle's real estate office, and I was a real estate agent at the time. Ah. And Yeah, it sucked. And I did like one transaction with my parents. 
You're nodding your head. Were you an agent? No, no. I just find it fine. I just always love when it's like a background that's like something that I didn't know was coming, and I'm like, I'm like, what was he doing? Like, was he? You know? What I mean? And I was like, oh, real estate, interesting. You know? But no, no nodding. I was not not from personal experience. I can tell you that much. Okay. So I did one transaction with my parents. It just sucked so bad. And but while I was there, you know, I I knew how to like hack together websites with Joomla or WordPress. This was like six years ago, so they were much more infant then. Um, and so I found this site called HostGator.com where you can host websites. And have you heard of them? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, just awesome. I just remember the I remember the Gator logo. That's that's probably the main thing I, I remember. You can get a server for HostGator for eight bucks a month or something. On that server, you can host hundreds of websites. While I'm looking at the site, I hear in the other room these agents talking. And one of the agents is like, hey, what do you do for a realtor website? And I started listening. And the agent's like, oh, I just use a number one expert or whatever or, or, or top producer or uh, whatever the names are. And the guy's like, oh, cool. What do you pay for that? And the guy's like, 100 bucks a month. And I was like, good God, this cost me 7 bucks a month. And this guy's paying 100 I was like, that is so asininely expensive. And then what, set, what came next to shock the hell out of me, the other agent was like, what? It's that cheap? <laughs> right, 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 right. And I was like, oh my God, gold mine. And so I, um, that was when I decided I wanted to get a $7 server, have 100 people on there paying me 100 bucks a month and make 10 grand a month and have a 90% profit margin. Interesting. So, so where did this sort of business go from there? So, you, I mean, because I love this where it says uh, this title that was, um, I love is How Dane. This is what was sent over. How did Dane went from being broke, living with his in his parents' basement? Okay, I remember I lived in my parents' basement for a little bit right after college, not fun. Uh, to making twenty thousand a month and traveling around the world. So, you know, you, you decide that this is a good, it's a big a big difference between saying, okay, I see the opportunity and actually like getting it done. Um, you know what? Like when you went into the software. Uh, where did you go? Did you go hire people? Like, like, how did you? How do you start it? How did you start this successful software company? Man, you're really fumbling over your question. Yeah, I know. No, I don't. I don't fumble over everything. <laughs> I just this isn't like, this isn't like shocking words. I don't. I'm not one of those people that's just like, here's the question, and then I just shut up. It's, it's not gonna happen. You know. Yeah, the reason I call you out on it is because that's all I do all day long is fumble. Yeah, that's, that's all cool. I do. I just pick it up. I fumble. I fumble somewhere else. I pick it up. I keep moving. I just move forward. And usually that's where gold comes from, mm -hmm. uh, not being afraid to look like a fool. Exactly. I don't care. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's see here. So if we zoom out to uh, that situation where I was looking at HostGator and I heard these agents, um, I had the mindset at that time when I was 21 or 22 that I wanted automated sale and reoccurring revenue. I didn't know about accounts receivable and I didn't know about selling tools. I didn't, I didn't add that. But those are such important things to talk about. Like selling the shovels instead of digging for gold is like – one of the big epiphanies that you want to have if you want that financial freedom in your life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had that mindset. I don't think I would have heard that conversation. I don't think that conversation would have happened had I not had that mindset. So it's kind of like when you buy the Honda Civic and then you see all these Honda Civics on the road. Um, because I had that mindset, I had that perspective to pick up on on things like that. So it's really important that like there are probably conversations going on in your life right now if you're a podcaster or internet marketer or whatever you're in, there are conversations going on in your life right now that you are probably missing because your mindset is not where it needs to be. So that's why I want to touch on that, like my mindset being there and that's how that happened. With that being said, um, the way that uh, you create companies out of thin air um, without having any money, I had $123 to my name when I launched uh, the Recruiting Ninja software system. Okay. And um, what happened was I, got, I bought a site for about $12,000 and I got scammed on it really hard. I made about twelve grand in college flipping websites. 
And so when I bought this last website, I lost every dollar I had on it. Well, $123 left over. I remember I wanted to buy uh, Guitar Hero, but I couldn't even afford that. So, Wait, so you spent $12,000 on a site that you thought you were going to flip and make more money on? Yep. And it ended up being, being, a, being a scam. Was this a case? So what did you learn from that? Oh, well, um, that was the, that's the reason that I'm here now, uh, doing this interview, teaching other people how to, how to do software. Um, I learned that uh, it's very easy to manipulate numbers online. Um, and when you're selling an internet business, it's very difficult to really prove that anything is actually legit. Um, so you have to really do your due diligence. I got really damn good at doing like reverse DNS lookups and finding like all these ways to prove if someone's like it's a, a scammer or not. Um, I learned that attorneys don't really help you to sue people because it gets really expensive to sue. If you write a letter back and forth suing one person, suing the other, you get up to 500 bucks and there's still no potential payoff of, this, of the lawsuit. Um, and, but more importantly, I learned that I, would, I wanted to stop buying my freedom. I didn't want to put my money into something. I wanted to build my internal skill set so I could really create companies from nothing. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I made the dedication to really going inward and working on myself as opposed to looking externally for the skills that I lack. I looked internally to build them. And so that's how I, uh, that's, I don't know if that's the best answer. No, no, I mean, it makes sense because I, I understand what you're saying. Cause a lot of times people, you look at things that you want to try to improve on or you, you're like, Oh, I want to learn. Like, for example, like a lot of people, I think that would be unsuccessful or maybe less successful, but maybe they were successful, but they, they decided, you know what? I want to be the coding guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to learn every single thing. Then they become the expert, which is the opposite of what you've talked about here, as opposed to sort of the, uh, what, puppeteer or whatever we want to, I don't try to think of a good word to, to use, where you're the one recruiting the experts and you're, you're controlling and, and, and you're the guy with the shovel. Yeah, the publisher probably would be good. Right, publisher. Um, yeah, so like, uh, have you heard of Mind Valley? Yeah, absolutely. Straight out of Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. So Vishen and I are decent friends, and we hang out on the we hang out on the beach at Awesomest Fest or whatever, and we're talking a little bit. And that guy has one of the most epic visions on the planet. Um, he does not know his Google AdWords login, his Facebook login. Um, he doesn't even know how to pay his employees because he has that done for him as well. He is literally the publisher for employees to take other people's experts' content and publish them as well. Yep. He's, not creating, he's not creating the content. He's going out, he's finding the pain, and he's putting the content in place. Now, this whole concept, I've said it three or four times, might seem really foreign to you. And that's because the smaller your skill in business and the smaller your skill in marketing, the more value you're going to place on the idea, the more value you're going to place on the content. The greater your skill in business and the greater your skill in marketing, the less value you'll place on content or the idea because that's not really what makes a business valuable. And we can make that concrete now as I talk about how I did launch the Recruiting Ninja and how I got the developer and all that stuff too. Yeah, and I want to jump into that and I want to make a note on that that only recently did I discover some of this stuff and this has never been, by the time this interview comes out, I think this will all be up and this will, even if it's not, it, but it, puts the pressure on me to make sure it's up uh, because I know when this interview is going up. So uh, the thing is, uh, you know, that was something that came to me recently because we're doing a big online event for podcasters and, you know, show hosts and new media broadcasters that want to make more bling bling and they want to build their audience more, right? And we're doing this and I've got a huge lineup of amazing speakers and experts that are coming in to teach, you know, for this event. And originally someone came to me and they said, David, you know, you know all this stuff. You should just teach the whole event. Do, do the 20 modules or whatever, you know, you know, a million different modules to do it, which I most like, I, I could have absolutely done that, Dane. You know, I mean, I know, I know how to do it. But the thing was, I saw that 
finally thinking more of a little bit more on a publisher standpoint um, and said, okay, wait a minute, we're going to have much more power uh, by being the organizer and the marketer in a lot of these cases and bringing in the right team to help with this. So that's kind of been my venture into this and now this this event which is hopefully going to be a huge success um will have more than just david involved you know yeah yeah that sounds like a, a fun a fun event actually and it, you know the the bane of every business is acquiring a customer that is the most difficult thing any business will ever face um you find there are four kinds of marketers there's the newbie marketer the minor league marketer the major league marketer and the all-star marketer um, the newbie marketers will talk about things like, I just need an idea to get started. The newbie marketer will say, if only I could get on Oprah or the New York Times. They talk about getting their name out there. They talk about creating an idea. The all-star marketer does lead gen, and they don't even create their own products. They just publish other people's products. So AppSumo is an all-star marketer. Mm -hmm. Groupon are all-star marketers. Mindvalley, all-star marketers. Because the, the, the most difficult skill in business is acquiring a customer. Um, so when you, when you make yourself a master at that, um, the, uh, the whole world opens up to you. Um, now, in the podcasting space, you've already got an audience, mm -hmm. um, which is the hardest thing to build. Building software is actually easier than mm -hmm. building an audience in podcasting. Really? So tell, so tell us about it. Like, tell us what you, like, kind of how you went about that, because I think that this is a, this is a case where I think you're going to have a lot, of, a lot of people sold on the idea of saying, this makes sense, like, meaning it, I understand why software is a great potential business model for me or you know something to get into I got no effing clue I don't know how to code I don't know how to f like find the, what, what the hell do I do like what so I think sometimes a great way of learning from that is to learn from someone that's done it just hearing your experience so tell us a little bit more about kind of where your story goes with this whole software so I built about five software products um, the most successful one is paperlesspipeline.com uh, it does a little over $45,000 a month um, we have a team that runs the whole business, and um, I don't even touch it. Uh, mm. We do we have twenty five percent profit margins, and so that's well over ten k for me to live on every month, and I can do whatever I want. However, I really want to leave a legacy, and I want to see people have a life that I do because I see people saying that I don't know how to come up with a software idea, I don't know how to develop, I don't have the money, and when I can reverse all those limiting beliefs and show people how to create something from nothing, that's what excites the hell out of me. So I, we have a CEO that runs Paperless Pipeline. And we can talk about how I built that. We can talk about how I built Recruiting Ninja. Um, zooming out, um, I really think it's a pretty badass idea for podcasters to build in a back end. And I think they should build in their back end. It may be software. It might not be. But what they should do is go into markets and find the pain in their market. Do you have an example of podcaster market that you could throw at me right now? Uh, yeah, like, I think I think we can get more specific on it. Let's start with the broad one, but you tell me if you want to go more specific. We let's go fitness because this is a very popular subject as opposed to business. So we can start with fitness. We can get more specific. It could be fitness for uh, one of your favorites, uh, fitness for stay-at-home moms, or it could be something that is very specific in fitness, like let's say uh, eating clean nutrition podcast, something like that. You know? Okay. Okay, so remember that Element 7 plays are automated sale, reoccurring revenue, <clears throat> no accounts receivable, and selling tools. That doesn't necessarily mean software. Uh, if you do idea extraction with a fitness market, let's say the stay-at-home mom fitness market, um, or how about even like stay-at-home dad fitness market? Yeah, stay yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of weird. Let's do that one. <laughs> um, so the stay-at-home dad market, let's say you, you, you call them up and you ask them about, what, tell me, walk me through a typical day. What time do you wake up? What's the first thing you do? 
what do you do next? What do you do next? What do you do next? And you really dig into, you understand what happens when they wake up to what happens when they go to sleep. And then when you go through this, you find out that the most, and then you have, the, then you say, well, tell me about the most stressful parts of your day. And then you find out the most stressful part of the day is actually preparing the meals for the children. Um, in this case, um, you find, well, what's stressful about that? And you find out, well, a lot of kids are allergic to gluten now. A lot of kids have allergies now. You, I'm just making all this shit up. Right, this right, is, right. This is how kind of how it works. So you say, okay, so what's the most stressful meal for you to make? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? And he's like, well, actually breakfast, because if I feed my kid breakfast, and it's like Lucky Charms and they're allergic to that, they are going to go nuts um, all day because they're allergic to this Lucky, Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, yeah, the leprechaun, he's bad. <laughs> he's awful. I know because I had this when I was a kid. And I went, hey, what shit a jackass. Yeah. I went to the principal's office. and I, Now I know why. It was Lucky Charms' fault. It was Lucky Charms. And so, this, so you find out that they need meal plans for breakfast. So then for 10, 15, 20 bucks a month, you are now going to sell dads a stay-at-home menu plan that they can follow every morning to, to feed their kids so that they grow up to be healthier and stronger. And it's going to be very niche to stay-at-home dads just for kids that have allergies, which that niche is going to be so niche that you can charge money for something like that. That's not a software example, but that's I want to use a non-software example just to open your mind as you, oh wow, there is really a lot more here that I didn't even think about. Yeah, and I think the key is that what you just mentioned is uh, the reoccurring, um, because that's something that a lot of people struggle with, myself included. I, I mean, I, I'll come clean on this too, is the reoccurring, because what happened for me um, is that my course that came out, Create Awesome Interviews, has been extremely successful, continues to be successful. You what know, you for? It's 495 Okay. Um, where, you know, it's done, and, and first of all, huge impact because, you know, it's all about results, you know what I mean, from, from my students, but also it's generated, you know, now six figures in income uh, from that course. Very niche because it's for people that want to do interview, a, a web show that is interview-based. I mean, we're talking a very, very niche course here. Yeah, now, and, and you sell one a day and you got six figures. Right, right, exactly. And the, 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 the point, though, that is interesting is a lot of people come to me all the time and they say, David, you know, you need a membership site. You know, you need to do a site where people are paying you X dollars per month, you know, for, for the membership thing. My, and I agree with it because you see a lot of successful models of people that are doing that. I, I understand the membership model, but I looked at it and saw it as a, unfortunately for me, a stress fest of death because to me, it looked, it looked like as much as I want to do one, like a treadmill uh, another treadmill. Do you know what I'm saying? Where it's just more content, more content, more content, more content. And what you're kind of opening the eyes up today a little bit is saying, you know what? There's there might be other ways to do the reoccurring revenue that might not be that exact, like just doing more and more content. It might be something like you said, like plans or tools or something like that. I mean, that's that's kind of where my little moment is here. Perfect. Now, how many of those? Um Five hundred dollar courses. If you sold, have you sold over five hundred of them? Over five hundred, no. Over over two hundred? Yes. Okay, and not to calculate your revenue, but just to get a basic and calculate your revenue. But to do a basic uh, number, I'll give you fair. I'll give you fair. I'll give you fair. I'll give you. I'll give you the number. Uh, okay. Just just to give us a nice round number because it's about there. I would say profit from profit is about a hundred k. Okay, and what I'm more curious about is the hundred people or two hundred people that bought it. Now. It just so happens, David, that you are in the most prime place to build software because your audience is the podcast market. Mm. So podcasters need tools to podcast. True. And um, you already have the platform, so you launch a software product, you could add a six-figure revenue stream to your business in probably four months or less. Really? You think yeah. so? And I got a badass developer too, so Perfect. you know what I mean? 
Perfect. So let, let me tell the story about how I built the two. two please, products. please. Then, yeah, I, I, I sit back here. I got to grab a grab a coffee. And then <laughs> and then uh, then you can kind of see how you might be able to apply it to your site. Now, the advantage of software is that you don't actually have to produce content. It's not another hamster wheel of death, if you will. Um, the developer continues to evolve the product based on feature requests your customers send in to your developers. So the product kind of evolves itself while you sit back. So um, three, two years ago, I did a 90-day trip around the world. And on that 90-day trip around the world, um, I was doing like 40 grand a month, not 20 at the time. And this was three years ago. And it just continues to go up for me because software is um, almost always on an incline. And so we're doing about 40 grand a month in three months. It's $120,000 I made while on vacation, if you will. Um, I spent about $30,000 on the trip. I went pretty posh on it for the three months. Yeah, you got to do it right. Do it right. You got to do it way right. And then so I got back, but I saw $90,000 more in my bank account than when I left on the trip. And we went to Thailand and Indonesia and, you know, and, and uh, Netherlands and all these great places. And um, I didn't touch the business at all. Um, it just ran. Um, I, I, checked, I checked email three times in that three months while I was gone. So that's what I'm talking about, the freedom of software. It doesn't create a hamster wheel for you. It actually creates a, a freedom track. I don't know what we'd call it. So with that in mind, like I <laughs> Yeah, not a hamster wheel. It's in the jet plane. I yes, jet plane. So the way I built the first product was um, recruiting Ninja. And I'll, I'll skip to the important parts. Um, what you do is you, I contacted real estate companies, the owners of real estate companies. I found them to be a very underserved market. Now, if you're an owner of a real estate company, you're interested in three things, recruiting agents, Retaining those agents and then and then going paperless, going mobile, so you can like you know you can you're not locked into how many desks or how many agents you can recruit. You can recruit unlimited numbers. So these are the three things on brokers' minds. So I I've been in the real estate space for six years now, and I know quite a bit about it. When I got in, I knew absolutely nothing. I learned everything I did by just asking questions. So when you contacted a real estate company, I would ask, "What's the most important area of your business?" Brokers would say, "Recruiting." I would say, do you have any pain associated with that activity? Yes. Can you tell me more about that? What goes on? How do you recruit right now? How do you wish you could recruit? And then like, mm -hmm. in like just a matter of 15 minutes, I come across this idea for Recruiting Ninja, the recruiting website system, which is a system that's an automated, sort of automated, semi-automated, not even really, yeah, semi-automated, internet marketing system for brokers to use to recruit real estate agents into their company. Okay. And um, so I got this idea. And I was like, okay, how in the hell do I build this? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. So well, I went to 99designs, and um, I had a website design that would help recruit agents. Uh, I just posted on the project. It was like 300 bucks because 99designs was actually SitePoint Marketplace back in the day. And we actually, like I said, okay, I want this site, you know, two paragraphs of text. I actually, um, I actually creating a behind-the-scenes video um, where I actually walk through and I show all the messages um, that I sent to my developers, my designers, that the yeah. content. And everything that's on the on the foundation site is totally free. There's nothing nothing for sale on that. Awesome, and I'll make sure that we link up all that stuff in the show notes too. I got you. I got cool. You. That'll cool. be super fun for people to see because you can actually see how I post the job description. Then I get this design template back. Then um, we design it for one real estate company. I have I have like uh, I have the designer put it on a website. Put my connect them to my uh, uh, real estate company that wants the product, and then they put their photo in. They put their name. They put their email. They create the one product for him first. Then I went to rentacoder.com and I said, oh, look, I want to take this product. I want to add a user registration system. I want companies to be able to put their first name in, company name, email, and phone address, and I want it to be able to spit out a site custom for them. And that's all my software description said. That's it. Anybody on the planet could write that thing. Yeah. We got awesome. 
we got like 20 replies back. One, one quote was like $3,000 and I was like, well, I have $123 so I can't afford this. So I went to the real estate company, excuse me, and I said, um, here's how much it will cost me to develop. We're probably going to sell the product for 100 bucks a month and then we can talk about how we price the product as well. Um, and it was 100 bucks a month. If you pay for all of the development, we'll give you the product free for life. Yeah. So the company's like, all right, cool. So they paid we'll off. It. And by the way, where did, just just because you mentioned, that, I don't want to forget it. Where where did you di where did you come up with the hundred dollars per month in that case? Yeah. So um, when you price products, um, I typically price ten percent based on ten percent of the value provided. So um, what you do is you use a number of prices. So copywriting is, a, I guess you would say, a specialty of mine. Mm -hmm. um, we have like four or five or maybe six price anchors that we use to anchor, so it makes our price seem like a bargain. Um, we talk about the time it saves you. And then we talk, you know, what's your time worth per hour? 50 bucks an hour. If this saves you four hours a month, that's $200 an hour in savings you're going to have. Then what's an agent worth to you? One agent in a year worth to you? They're like, oh, it's anywhere from five to 10 grand. Okay, so now we got 200 a month, uh, which is 2,400 a year if they say four hours a month. Then we have one agent, let's say five grand a year if it's on the low end. So that's $7,400 a month. And then what else, what else happens? Like, is there, is like, do, do you have agents? Less agents leave your company because you're bringing on new agents. So would you say it maybe saves you an agent a year because other agents are excited that you're growing? You're like, yeah, so, so let's add another agent you save. So now we're up to like $12,000 or whatever. And then we charge 10% of that value, $1,200 a year. Oh, that's a great formula. A lot of people lack a concrete formula for that. You know what I mean? Like I've heard the value, <laughs> the value add up before, but I've yet to hear someone say actually when it comes to something like 10%. I like that. I appreciate that. I think we should have a hug, but I don't want to touch you because you have food poisoning. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Awesome. So back, so back at where we're going. Sorry, I wanted to go on that because I thought that was a kind of a key point there. Yeah, no. There and there are a number of different ways to price products actually too. Um, so I have a um, in the foundation we teach people how to build those software companies from nothing. Even if they have no idea what to build, um, they don't know how to write software and they've got limited money. We teach them. Basically, it's like the greatest thing on the planet because it's so empowering. Um, we really believe in, in holding a set of empowering beliefs. The whole, we believe not in being the expert, but being an expert at finding the problem, defining it clearly, and putting an expert in place to solve it for you. That's one of the beliefs, one of the eight beliefs we hold at the foundation that really empower us. Mm. Now, so if, with, this, with, that, with those three things in mind, you don't know what to build, you don't know how to build it, and you don't have the money for it. Um, we had one uh, a guy who's, and actually, we uh, funny enough, and I'm going to do a better job of this next time I teach it, but everybody that joined the first foundation, when I said pick a target market, almost all of them, they all picked a target market that was close to them. So, like, we had yeah. a student who was a dog walker. She picked, like, doggy daycare. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it's also very bad to do. Um, yeah, but I mean, but it, I mean, but it, it makes, like, probably... You know, I mean, to me, it makes sense. I can, I can also see why it's bad because you're not doing what you just said, which is to find the, find the problem. Yeah, yeah. You're picking something that's comfortable. Um, so we had a guy named Ramu, and he's building software to help agents lo not lose their listings. Have you ever sold a home before? Uh, let's see. Well, we sold my wife's old condo, so yes. Okay. So one of the things that sellers have is a frustration. What's painful for them? is that they don't know what's going on with their property. They don't know what the agent's doing to market it. They don't get much feedback. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's awful. No idea. Right. So um, Ram Ramu built this software that an agent has a marketing checklist, and every time they do anything to your property, they go in and mark this off. And then at the end of the day or the end of the week, it automatically sends an email to the, to the seller being like, hey, just so you know, we're working real hard to sell your home. This week we did da 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 da, -da. And it's all automated, so it helps sellers stay in the loop. It helps agents lose less listings. This is a really great idea. Like all of the great ideas that come out of the foundation, we did not come up with them.
Yeah, it's a great idea. Every single idea I've ever come up with has failed. Like every single one, all failed. All the ideas that I've extracted from markets that have painful issues, that better be pain, um, they, they've all been very lucrative for me. So in this case, um, the listing software, the way we, we created the price was well, a listing is worth on average about three grand a year to an agent. So we figure if this helps you sell or not lose at least one listing a year, that's three grand it adds to your business a year. So then we'll go ahead and charge you 300 bucks a year for this, mm -hmm. which is 25 bucks a month or something. Right. No, I mean, that makes sense. You know, and, and, and why I'm quiet, which is hard to make me quiet, by the way, um, is that I see the opportunities, not just for myself here, well, you know, but, but our community of show host, there's, so, there's a big opportunity here. It might be a little bit different because you might have, you might have to, you know, be the dog walker, like you just said before, because you might already have a show with a passionate community about something, but I guarantee there's some pain in there, would be my guess. You know what I mean? If you have a show that's, that's about, you know, kettlebell training, like there's some kind of pain in there with people that are having, you know, bored with their workouts or something. You know what I mean? Like there's some, and you could give them a new workout every month or, you know, whatever it might be. But I, I see the opportunity here um, for show hosts big time to monetize doing something similar to this. Like, what you know, I just see it, you know, it's very interesting because I never, ever thought about this in, in, until today. Seriously. Yeah, and one of the things we also believe at the foundation is we believe that there is an unmet need in every market. All you have to do is dig long enough to find the pain. Now, notice, notice how empowering that belief feels. Mm -hmm. It's exciting, uplifting, empowering. Usually people's limiting beliefs are, oh, there's probably nothing we can sell. Or all the good ideas have already been come up with. Mm -hmm. Or beliefs I held at one point in my life. Yeah, everyone does, I think, at some point. Yeah, so very cool. So I want to I want to hammer maybe like one more little subject. We probably have like five six minutes left, and then I'm, by the way, I want to also at the end talk a little bit more about foundation itself. One out of my own personal curious cat curiosity, but also just because we're gonna link it up and people might be interested in this as well as well. But uh, so so looking at sort of the software, the five pieces of software you've created, um, and also you said five, right? Was it five, four, four, five, five, fifty? Um, and then you also now have a lot of students that have gone through your process and they've created it. Um, for those that are like more in the thinking about it mode, you know, from all the things that you've kind of learned about this and whatever, I, what, maybe a word of advice or like kind of a next step thing, something that you wish you had or knew when you were starting out that maybe people that uh, are in this podcasting community that are thinking about this now could give them at least uh, a, a little jumping off point to take the next step. I think it all starts with how bad do you want it. Um, we had 88 people join the next foundation, or the, the next one's coming up. The first foundation, we had 88 people join, and we had five to 10 new companies being created. Now, the reason I say five to 10 is because we have some people that were slower going at their own pace that are still building their companies. The herd of turtles. The herd of turtles, yes. I feel bad calling them that. They're, they're the so herd of turtles. I'm sure they're friendly people. If you had them over to meet your mom, they'd be very nice, but they're a herd of turtles. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I have, I have inner conflicts with this, but uh, um, I think some, you know, I think uh, I blame myself for how slow they went a little bit because I didn't realize how important beliefs were. You hear me talk about beliefs and what we believe because um, I found out about three months into a six-month program that we need to really reverse people's beliefs, like reverse them completely um, so that they can actually become a rocket ship. So um, what uh, I would say that it depends on how bad you want it. I had no other choice. Um, I, 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 couldn't be, I couldn't be hired. No one would hire me. 
I got fired from an internship at Ernst & Young. Um, I had like a 20 or 21 on my ACT. Um, there just very, weren't very many people that wanted to hire me outside of college. Um, after I had $123 to my name, my back was up against the wall. Yes, I was living at my parents, but really they wanted me gone as soon as possible. So I had no other choice but to do this. And when that becomes, when there's only one way out, then, then it just, it happens naturally. With that being said, your first step needs to be idea extraction. It needs to be going into markets and finding the pain with a completely open mind um, about what you find. Don't try to find the pain and then view it through the lens of how do I solve this, can I solve this, and then like disregard it if you can't. Just write down all the painful issues, get, get the, the, the most painful issue you can out of them, and then really sit and meditate on that. As you define the pain really clearly, what happens is the subconscious will start automatically coming up with solutions. So you don't even really need to come up with solutions. You just need to find the pain. It'll become very clear um, how, to, uh, how, to, how to solve it as you, as you start to define it pretty clearly. So the first step is always idea extraction. Uh, always idea extraction. Yeah, that makes sense. And let's talk a little. I, I do want to wrap up here. I do want to talk a little about uh, the foundation, uh, which, which we're, we're going to link it up. It's thefoundation.io. Um, so talk, first of all, so the program actually, it's like a real time thing. Like it actually, like you start on a date and you end on a date. Like, so when, when does the next session actually start? Uh, October 4th. October 4th. So we're going to obviously be up before then. Well, before then. So October 4th. Um, and if people want more information, so it sounds like it's kind of what, like a, a six month handhold, if you will, to help, help you through it. Yes, it's, it's a six-month community, um, and we actually we don't believe in message boards. We don't talk on message boards. We actually have live chat rooms that are always buzzing, um, oh. and, and so um, we'll, we'll have hundreds of people in this, this next iteration, but not more than that, and then I, I work closely and personally with each person, and then we have all the past members that started successful software companies coming back to mentor as well. Um, what, what happens is we find that people don't really need the how-to advice. They don't need the tactics. What they actually need um, is someone to help them when they get stuck. Mm -hmm. So foundation is a six-month program. The first month is idea extraction. The second month is picking your idea because what's going to happen with idea extraction is you're going to probably get like five to ten really profitable ideas, really painful ideas to pursue. Your, your, your problem is not going to be what do I sell. It's going to be like, oh, crap, how do I pick? That's how powerful. Yeah, that, and that's a typical entrepreneur issue there, you know? Yep. And you actually mentioned earlier about like a problem people have is like not knowing where to get started and not knowing how to do this. You solve that problem completely. You turn that on its face by just focusing on what's important to the customer. You know, it's like, should I do this? Should I have a logo? Should I have a domain? Like, we will actually kick people out of the foundation if we found that they have registered a domain or if they've started building a product before they have a paying customer. We sell all of our products in advance and we use that money to fund development. Mm. So the first month's idea extraction, the second month is picking the idea, the third month is selling the idea and getting money in advance and we have the whole ethical framework to do that so customers are actually happy to buy something that doesn't exist. It's very, very easy to do and uh, it's actually simple to do. The mindset is the hard thing to overcome. Then the last three months are all about developing the software and we walk people through how to develop, how to find the developer, um, how to hire them, how to negotiate their hourly rate down so you reduce as much as you can but they're still thrilled to work on your project. Then we talk about list, gener list generation, lead, lead, or lead generation, list building, building a relationship with them so that when you launch in six months you have a software product with at least 10 paying customers and, 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 you're, off, and you're off to the races. Now each one of those six months people get stuck. It's in sure. it's Yeah, I mean of course. Of course. It, and so that's why I feel like we really cracked the code on creating entrepreneurs. We're, David, we're very adamant about reinventing education. Um, this is a world-class program. 
where you get high levels of personal interaction and we love you. We actually love and care about you. And with that loving energy. I love you too, Dane. Thank you, David. That means a lot. You don't even need to say it back. Just go ahead. <laughs> I'll say it at the end of the interview. <laughs> um, so what happens is um, fear stops a lot of people, obviously. Uh, fear of failure, fear of looking like a fool, fe you know, fear of being successful. We have members in the foundation who end up sabotaging their success. Like they get to the point where they get a paying user and then they bail on their idea and go for another one. And so we reverse those limiting beliefs where they actually end up becoming excited about being successful because they can be a light and shine in front of their family as opposed to being afraid of being successful because, oh my God, they're going to be successful and their family's going to pick them apart. Right. Um, so all these really deep set of beliefs we really try to reverse. And um, we were able to kind of shut off fear in people by actually with unconditional love um, it actually shuts off the, there's a neurological response in your brain when you are in love fear is not even activated that's why you see people who are in love do crazy stupid shit because the fear is completely shut off and so we actually are able to do that with members in the foundation as well by just you know just having a loving energy with how we approach things all right very cool so as we wrap up it's the foundation.io there's a i believe a free case study on there and then if you get to the process where you're gonna you, you apply for the program right like when you when you if you if that's that's a fit for you yes all right very cool so dane uh, this has been awesome, my man. I didn't know what direction we were going to go. And I got to tell you, this was one of my favorite chats uh, in a long time. And people know I don't say that all the time on the show. So I, I appreciate it and, you know, uh, feel better. And, you know, I'm not going to turn this off until you tell me you love me. Not going to turn it off. I absolutely love you, David. I love the impact of what you're creating in the world. And I don't even know if you can quantify the ripple effects that you're creating. So oh. thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it. And that's it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Mr. Dane Maxwell. Great, great guy. Uh, if you liked today's episode, make sure to share it. Jump into the comments at therisetop.com as well. If you haven't already, subscribe to the VIP email list. That's where you're going to hear about this big announcement first. I always go to my email peeps first. So head over to therisetop.com slash VIP or just go on the site. You'll see the email sign up absolutely free. Get on the list. You're not going to want to miss this, this big announcement coming next week. I promise you. I promise you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, reminders, of course, you can uh, go to Carbonite. Dot, I'm sorry, therisetop.com slash Carbonite. Back up your computers uh, automatically, continually, no credit card required. Therisetop.com slash Carbonite. Enter the promo code RISE. You're going to get an additional two months free with purchase. Head over to gotomypc.com. Uh, uh, click the Try It Free button. Enter the promo code RISE for 45-day free trial. And uh, let's see, that pretty much wraps it up. Create awesome interviews. If you want to create a show like this one, at createawesomeinterviews.com. Enter your email, get the free three-part video series. All right, my friends, I will see you next time. I'm David Seitman Garland, and remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny.